0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode, uh, I guess if you can call that, I'll flip the switch. Uh, whoever you are, wherever you are, I hope you're having a wonderful day. Um, my name is Brady. Uh, you can call me the Captain, or whatever you want to call me, I don't really care, but I just, I go by Captain instead of Captain Beard these days, or uh, Braytronix, that's another nickname I go by. But, uh, normally, on this, uh... On this podcast, we what we used to do is kind of go over the Nintendo Switch and rumors and leaks and news that were surrounding it. And while the Nintendo Switch is definitely going to continue to be the main focus of this podcast, we're gonna change things around just a little bit. And uh, while news, leaks, and rumors are still gonna kind of fly in every now and then, um, there are obviously a number of other things that I do feel like I wanna talk about. Uh, this used to be a weekly a Nintendo, or Nintendo Switch podcast series, but again, things are going to be changing a little bit and uh, because of life situations and things like that, it's definitely not going to be weekly, but we are going to see uh, ep- episodes come out every now and then whenever I feel like there's something that we, want, that we need to talk about or that I want to talk about. And uh, this week we do have a couple things that I want to cover, so we're just going to go ahead and swing right in. We're going to talk about the... Uh, Yeah, let's talk about the Game Awards real quick. Uh, And Sorry, Jeff Keighley, but it was not great this year. And I hate to say that because I always do look forward to the Game Awards and I look forward to Jeff and everything that he's done and put together. And um, He's done a phenomenal job with the Game Awards. And granted, I I, I understand to a degree why the Game Awards took a shift towards more scripted appearances this time around uh, because of the whole... Incident with that indie developer, I honestly can't remember the guy's name, but when he went on the drunken rant about the Grammys and how EA's been treating him so great and this and that and the other. And I remember seeing Jeff's face while the guy was talking and he was very, uh, displeased with the way that that was, with the way that that was going. And, uh... So I can understand why the Game Awards feel, felt the need to be a little bit more scripted, a little bit more structured. And to a degree, I appreciate that because, you know, there, there's people out there and there's kids out kids out there that want to watch the show, and they aren't able to because there's a lot of uh, strong language and a lot of uh, in a, just inappropriate things for kids to be watching. And uh, I know Jeff wanted to go in a direction with the game awards that everyone could be involved and for the most part he did a really really good job this time around there were a couple unscripted moments that you know uh certain words were said and <laughs> uh you can kind of see that uh, uh jeff was made a little uncomfortable when those happened but you know it happens and uh, but overall the game awards uh just it felt like one big long advertisement session which is really too bad because i was looking forward to some really cool game announcements which there wasn't really that many that that were that great honestly i can't remember any of them that i thought to myself wow i would totally really like to pick that up and yeah i was or something that like you know some came up and i'd be like wow that's i totally wasn't expecting that or i was totally um totally looking forward to something like that, Now that, that never happened this time around. And all the awards, the ones that um, took their time and let the, uh, the people behind the, or that received the awards actually take time and, and give their thanks and give their speech, that, um, that was great. It was all the times that awards were given and they just totally glanced over it. And that was the part that I was like, eh, something needs to change there. Because a lot of people are putting their heart and soul into making these video games for people. And even to get an award, first off, is fantastic. That has not happened in video games until recently. But it does feel a little arbitrary if those people aren't given the opportunity to um, to actually accept the award and in a real way. Uh, it did feel like a lot of the... Um, People that received the awards, it did feel like uh, a lot of what they said was scripted. And again, I understand the idea behind that, uh, but it did feel disgenuine. And I don't know. I, I feel like the Game Awards is is going in a decent direction, but I feel like it does need to correct course from the one from the t- direction it's currently taking, just a little bit. Uh, it definitely needs to steer away from all the advertisements, and, you know, I understand a lot of money needs to go into the Game Awards in order to actually buy the awards and actually to put the whole thing together and um, to, to have all these different hosts that are probably getting paid a pretty penny to be there. Um, but I guess what I'm trying to say is the Game Awards could have been a lot better. And I really hope that next year uh, we see some of those corrections. Because I know Jeff is always keeping his ear to the ground. And uh, I hope he, you know, uh, makes a little bit of a course correction. And steering away from having so many advertisements to where it feels like we're getting, I don't know, 20-25% awards and 80-75% to 75% advertisements. Because that was not good. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about. And uh, there was a game that was supposed to be released last week on the Switch. It's an indie title called Skull Boy. It's been pushed into January. The reason I wanted to talk about this was when I saw the trailers for this game, I was thrown back a little bit. Because about four years ago, when I just started video game development, I started getting into Unity. um, (laughs) I literally put together a game that looked, I kid you not... Um, one to one exactly like how Skullboy looked. It even had the little goofy skeleton character. Uh, that was a that was a sprite that moved around and in a three D environment. And I remember when I saw that trailer, I was like, "That is uncanny! How close that is to the idea that I had." And I I know there's absolutely no way that somebody could have actually stolen that idea, because you know I I had no way of actually putting any ideas out there at the time, but uh. I, I call the game Skullduggery, which the word Skullduggery is, um, it means, uh, sort of, uh, like foolishness, uh, or, you know, kind of messing around, um, and so that, that's why I thought it was funny to have, like, a skeleton character that was just a 2D sprite in a 3D world, something akin to, uh, uh, Octopath Traveler, except it was, um... It wasn't like the pixel art, it was just 2D art and I thought Skullduggery was a clever title because it was a skeleton that was the main character and the idea was for him to get into a bunch of a bunch of foolishness, so to speak. So it was kind of like a double meaning, but I just thought that was so interesting. So guys, go and take a look at Skullduggery. I, I had to hand it to those developers, not Skullduggery. <laughs> Sorry, go check out Skullboy. Because I have to hand it to, to those developers, it, they've made a very beautiful looking game. I think I'm actually going to check it out myself, because again, it was uncanny how close it was to my initial idea that I had a few years ago. Uh, okay, we're going to go ahead and skip into the next topic. Oh, before I move any further, I do want to say thank you to Glitch City for the music here. It isn't mine, uh, Glitch City is the one that put this together. And the guy is, he works all kinds of magic when it comes to video game music. He takes really, really beautiful video game music and he adds sort of a, like a hip hop pop kind of vibe to it. And sometimes it's kind of like a slow beat, like we got going here. Um, It can vary and he's very talented at what he does. So um, thank you Glitch City for everything you do. And if you guys have not checked it, checked out his stuff glitch x city check him out on youtube this guy works magic okay i was listening to other podcasts and this is one of the other big things that i wanted to talk about i've been listening to other podcasts and i've been kind of searching around and hopping on reddit hopping off reddit because reddit is a monstrosity let's be honest here uh and i i just thought of a I don't know, I just noticed that something really interesting had been happening and a couple other people, like Resident Arc, when uh, he was uh, doing a weekly podcast, he pointed it out. Why is it when someone expresses their opinion, they say something, and, and if we don't necessarily agree with that opinion, they say something, and then we hear something else? And I ask this because my, uh, my other working job... Other than video game developer, uh, is at is a retail store, and in this retail store, um, I was just discussing with my coworker today. We uh, we can tell someone if we have a product in stock that's been discontinued for some time. They can ask, "Oh, does oh that looks interesting? Does it work?" And we can say, "It works perfectly." but it's um discontinued because it became unnecessary because other products that we have incorporate what that had individually so there's no need for the individual product because everything else already has it and what they hear is instead of yes it works but there's no need for it with if you buy a new product is it doesn't work and i thought that was really that's really interesting because the product that they were pointing out works just fine works perfectly uh, in fact my my store manager has one and uses it uh, I'm not going to go into detail what the product is but he has one he uses it he really enjoys it uh, but given that the current technology of the retail space that I work in there's no need for it in the common product because every other product comes with it uh, automatically so um, there's it's no longer necessary but for people that have older products that don't have that it would be a good thing for them to have but again people hear that instead of hearing yes it works but there's no need if you have a new new product they hear it doesn't work and uh, I was listening to a, a podcast from I believe it was Resonant Ark, and he pulled up uh, a speech from a, a gentleman that uh, goes into the psychological side of things of why we hear something but we don't hear it. If you know, if you know what I'm saying, uh, the guy was saying, you know, he took his wife to a restaurant. You know, telling the story, took his wife to a restaurant and she noticed. Um, she noticed one of the one of the waiters or one of the she she noticed another another gentleman in the restaurant she made a comment and what he heard was this man is very attractive and it took him a little bit off guard And he's like wait a minute that's not something that she would normally say and he he thought about it during the evening and it kind of weighed and weighed on him a little bit and he eventually asked his wife like why would why did you make that comment when you normally don't say something like that and she said oh i never said that i said he carries himself with confidence and he said wait a minute why did i hear that you found him attractive and she's like i have no idea but that's not what i said i said he carries himself with confidence not that he was attractive he just is a confident looking person and i thought that was kind of an interesting way to um emphasize his point in that we can hear something but understand it in a completely different way so uh, taking this into the video game video game industry we live in a very toxic industry Uh, the people the the fans the the gamers are very i don't know the culture here is very negative in in the majority of the time and i know that people are looking to change that (coughs) excuse me but I know that like say you know this is a Nintendo Switch podcast so everyone that would be listening to this would be people that probably own a Nintendo Switch I don't know chances are fairly high (laughs) or at least are fans of Nintendo and other than Nintendo Switch you know chances are basically 100% (laughs) um but there are people out there that don't want a Nintendo Switch that have that they own an Xbox One X or a PS4 or, you know, I guess those are the only consoles they can own other than a, than a PC. They, they only play PC games. And if I say something along the lines of, and I've actually had this happen recently, I've said something along the lines of, like, oh, I only play my Nintendo Switch. It's the only console that I currently own. And I sold my PS4 because I wasn't really playing it that much. And I was speaking to someone who owned a PS4, and they started verbally attacking me. And I thought, this is an interesting situation. I, th- I said, what, what do you think I said? And they told me, you just said that the PS4 is trash. And I said, I never said that. That You're putting words in my mouth. I never said something like that. When I had the PS4, I enjoyed my time with the PS4. I didn't love the games that were coming out for it. So I didn't f- really see a need of continuing to, to have it. And the N- Nintendo Switch had games that I was interested in, and it also had the portability. It also is an Nintendo product, which you know we all know what that entails. You know Mario and Zelda, Metroid, Animal Crossing, et cetera, et cetera. And he he said, "Well, that basically sounds like you're saying uh, you're so it basically sounds like you're saying that you're con- that PS4 is trash." And I said, "No." I will never say that, because the PS4 is a very interesting technological uh, console. It has a lot of interesting advancements, it has a lot of interesting qualities about it, but it's not it's not a console that I necessarily uh, it's not a console that I own. And that's all I'm saying. That I didn't own it. And he, this person was just surprised that I didn't own one. And only owned a Nintendo Switch. And he asked me, well, what's so great about the Switch that's better than PS4? And I said, I never said it was better. I just said, the Nintendo Switch, for me, is more ideal because it has the games I want. It has the portability I need because I have a very fast-paced life for the most part. I'm always on the move. I'm always doing something. Uh, And to have that portability, if, you know, say I'm out of town and I feel like, you know, I would love to pull out and play Um, The Legend of Zelda, or I'd love to pull out and play Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Oh, wait a minute! And I can reach in my backpack, pull out, and I can start playing. Now, that is very appealing to me. And the other appealing side of it is I can play Zelda, and I can play Pokemon, and I can play Mario. And on the PS4, I don't have that option. And uh, after my... It took a little while, and it felt like I was walking through every single reason, like, literally, taking this uh, taking this person's hand and walking them through my life and why I have a Nintendo Switch instead of a PS4. Eventually, he understood. I'm not ramming on the PS4. I. It's just not the console that I own because it's not a console that I can have room for in my fast-paced life. <laughs> fast-paced life. I'm doing a podcast. Anyway. <coughs> it was just. It was interesting to me that. I can say something and he heard something else entirely and I hate it when people say but you basically said this or you pretty much said this and it's 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 twisting my words and it happens all the time and I'm not saying you know people are evil or people are bad for doing this you know, everybody does it I've I've done it and I know I've had friends that have done it and everybody does it you know it's just I think the reason I brought this up was I think we uh, overall need to do a better job of listening to what people have to say instead of immediately assuming that they're attacking what we love or what we enjoy and saying that it's not worth our time because it's not worth their time. Now, the reason I brought this up was again, because it's just something that kind of has been weighing on my mind and while I certainly... Agree, and this goes alongside with me listening to Resident Arc and his podcast. I don't agree with everything he says. I don't agree with every point he makes, and I know like my favorite, ge- my favorite game on the Nintendo Switch is Xenoblade you know, Chronicles Two. He hates that game, and goes into full detail on why, and all the details that he puts down for why he doesn't like it, are all the reasons. These came back from oh, the sorry. Stage. Uh, Google thought I was talking to him <laughs> or her. Sorry about that. Uh, uh, what was I saying? Oh, anyway, all the reasons that Resident Arcs was suggesting that he hated Xenoblade Chronicles were ironically all the reasons that I loved Xenoblade Chronicles too. Uh, I liked the art style. It was it was very anime, and the the anime art style. I guess is you know I know this. It's not for everybody, and that's fine. Um, but I wasn't in the game for the art style. Like, the second I heard Pyra's voice, I was... I was in love with Pyra. I thought she was... I don't know. Her character definitely grew on me, and... Um, but it was, just, it was sort of like an immediate attachment to Pyra that kept me going through the story, because I wanted to know, what happens to Pyra? And... It wasn't even necessarily just Pyra. You know, more characters came in that were great, and watching Rex go from... The I know a couple of arts and I can hold my own, kinda, in a battle. To this guy's the master driver and now has everything under his belt that he can do. I don't. Know, I thought it was a very interesting way to implement gameplay in a way that it was correspondent with the with the story. So you don't start off as this all-knowing, all-powerful character. You start off as a kid whose job is salvaging, is is pulling. Um, pulling garbage out of the sea essentially and selling it off and watching him go from uh, a salvager who knows how to defend himself when the time comes around to um, someone who really knows how to wail on somebody who actually knows how to fight and I just I always thought that was so interesting and uh Resident Arc, which, you know, it's totally fine, I understand his opinion, he, di- he doesn't agree with that, um, with the direction that Xenoblade Chronicles 2 went, and that's fine, uh, but I've never taken offense to it, and I, I've still listened to uh, everything that he ha- he's had to say, because he takes things on a very analytical side, and I really appreciate that. As someone who wants to hear things on a more of an analytical side instead of, you know, this person said this, so it's got to be true. Um, I don't know. Uh, I brought this up because I feel there is a need for us to kind of make an overall change. And instead of hearing what we think we hear, or seeing what we think we see, or saying what, you know, first comes to mind, what when we feel like we're being personally attacked, sit back and take the time to actually uh, think about the situation, think about where someone else is coming from, why they are think, why they think the way they do, and like I, you know, like I, the conversation I had with uh, the, this friend of mine about a about a PS4, he didn't understand why I sold mine. He thought I thought I was terrible, and then when I expressed all all the reasons why I have a nintendo switch and only a nintendo switch it clicked in his head that it was because of the it, it was because of the games that were availed, available to me it was because of the portability of the system and yeah you know, that, that was really those were really the two driving factors and as soon as he understood that it clicked oh well those things don't appeal to him but that's because he has a different life than me, and that's fine. And we, we let it go, and we've been cordial ever since. But I don't know. I do. I do feel like, um, there doesn't need to be kind of a step back and a reevaluation of of how we are expressing our feelings towards things. Um, but let's let's move on. And let's talk about uh, some. You know, as all of you know, at least that you should by now. My favorite genre is uh, the uh, JRPGs. I've been playing JRPGs since I was a little kid, and I don't know. That's just the, that's the genre that I've always stuck with. And I played other RPGs. I played other action games. Played platformers. Yada yada yada. It's not the only genre I play, but it's my favorite. And there were two. Uh, let me go into a little story here. I bought a game uh, that I was really looking forward to, but I couldn't actually play it. I tried to open it on my system and it wouldn't open. And so I deleted it, reinstalled it, tried again, and it wouldn't let me open. And I, I tried this over a couple of days. Eventually I called Nintendo and they're like, oh yeah, don't worry about it, we'll refund for that for that game, you know, one-time only deal. And I was like, all right, I wasn't expecting that, but sounds great. And so um, that, we got that squared away. And with the money that they sent back to me, I bought two games Star Ocean First Departure R and The Alliance Live HD. Neither of these games I was expecting to buy. Uh, I was intent on buying Sword Art Online Fatal Bullet, but I've just heard so many mixed things, and especially about the combat of fatal bullet that it's it gets a little boring after a little while and I thought you know if I if I buy a game I want to be able to get through the game and not hit a certain point where I'm like uh, I just I can't do this anymore and then you know it's like 60 bucks that I just kind of threw away and probably only used about 30 bucks worth you know. So uh, I did a lot of research before I bought these games, and every single review, every single article that I read about these, they spoke so highly of them that I thought, you know what, I'll give them a shot. And I bought Star Ocean because I did actually like the art. I don't usually love pixel art games, but the, the art of Star Ocean First Departure art I thought was beautiful. And so I bought it, I, and then I bought The Alliance Alive, and I started playing Star Ocean first. And I was taken completely off guard with how much fun I was having with this game. Uh, I thought it was very, very well built. I thought the the towns were beautiful and the characters were fun and quirky. And um, the, uh, the world itself, I thought, was just beautifully constructed. And there was just, there was a lot there. And the battle, the combat system, is just, it was such a blast. And when you actually start gaining skills and... All these skills can uh, offer all sorts of different things, like, uh... Um, like, combat skills, or, like, cooking skills, or, uh, appraising skills, and all those things are so, so cool to have, because it almost feels like, you know, you're building your own character like a D&D character, and I thought that was so interesting. And I've just, you know, I've been absolutely adoring Star Ocean, First Departure R, and, uh... Again, I don't normally go for the pixel art, but Star Ocean has beautiful art. Uh, And moving over to Alliance Alive, again, this is a game that I thought, you know, I first saw it, I was like, it looks interesting, and then I discovered that it was made by the same developers behind uh, The Legend of Legacy, I believe is what it was called, and I did not like Legend of Legacy. I actually, I think I downloaded a demo when it came out on 3DS. And I played all the way through the demo, and when I was done, I was like, "No, this is this is not the game for me. This is not very fun. I didn't like the art. I didn't like the I didn't like the gameplay style. I didn't like the way the world was the world was built." Um, and so I thought, you know, this is going to be one I skip when the Alliance Alive was announced uh, to be remade for the Switch. But again, every review and every colleague I spoke to and every um actual critical review from different websites they all suggested that the alliance alive hd was was a game for jrpg fans if you know if that was your thing then you should not pass it up so i thought eh i got the extra money why not so i got it and once again i have been pleasantly surprised the alliance alive i i didn't like the way the eyes are drawn I think that was kind of the big thing where I was like, that's a little weird. It almost looks like dead eyes. And, uh, you know, once you start playing the game and you kind of look past the eye problem and you look at everything else, the character designs are beautifully done. The world design is gorgeous. The The actual world map is beautiful and the monsters they are really cool looking. And the combat is... The combat and the level up system are so interesting. It's not your traditional level up system. You don't level up your character. Your character will will level up in how much, uh, um, it's sort of like a stamina and health. Uh, so the stamina and health will, will level up uh, or will will grow as you uh, as you continue to fight. But your levels don't increase. The things that that you grow. I guess the things that increase in quote-unquote levels are the weapons. So you can have a weapon that you buy at the beginning of the game and you can use that weapon through the entire game and that weapon itself will quote-unquote level up and will get stronger and will gain more skills and I thought that was so, that is such an interesting way to configure a game because maybe like halfway through the game I'll happen upon a weapon that I think just has the coolest design. But then, you know, the traditional RPG thing, you know, you find that weapon you're like, oh, this looks great. Then you get another weapon and you're like, it's stronger, but it looks kind of dumb. <laughs> but you got to stick with it because you need to be hitting with as much, you need to be dealing as much damage as possible so you can get through as many bosses, right? And, uh, yeah, that, this kind of alleviates that issue. And the other thing I thought was interesting was after every battle, you're, Uh, stamina and your health are regenerated not to max unless you've you know you've only been you dealt very little damage but you know as you're wandering the world your your health and your stamina go up and I thought that was a really interesting design it makes it a little bit easier so you're not wasting a bunch of you know inventory space for health potions and stuff and you're not you know you only have to worry about healing while in battle I thought that was really cool. So uh, Star Ocean First Departure art. if any of you like the kind of 2D style you that's a hard one to pass up. The story is really, really fun. And it it you know a lot of people say it reminds them of Star Trek. I was a Star Wars fan and it kind of brings Luke Skywalker vibes to me. <laughs> so I would recommend that one. And the Alliance Live, once again, if you're more of a 3D 3D game kind of guy you know like me or gamer or whatever Uh, um alliance live is definitely not one to pass up it it is very beautiful it it took me a little bit off guard how beautiful it was Uh, so so that's kind of those are kind of the big points i wanted to talk about a couple other things though Uh, first off i thought this was interesting the Nintendo Switch has been the best-selling console of every month, every almost every month of 2019, and thus far has been the best-selling console of 2019. And I just thought that was such a really cool. Uh, I don't know, that was just so cool to me that, that Nintendo Switch is getting such a massive player base in such a short amount of time. And I'm hoping that that player base grows, and you know, we see more. We see more stuff that hits it, um, and that brings me to my next point, and that's my hopes for twenty twenty. Now, I do want you guys to let me know what you hope for for twenty twenty, what you're looking forward to, um, things that are that are happening, and things that you hope will happen. I'm gonna start with what I hope is going to happen, and then I'm gonna talk about the things that I'm excited that are actually gonna, that are, we actually know are going to happen. Um, and one of those things is kind of like a well, it's probably gonna happen. <laughs> But, okay, let's let's, go, let's start with my host for 2020. I have expressed this opinion many, many times, and I will continue to express it. I want to see Kingdom Hearts hit Nintendo Switch. And I know Kingdom Hearts 3, quote-unquote, can't run on Switch. In its current state, probably not. Uh, it probably needs to be downgraded quite a bit, like scaled down in order to actually, you know, fit on the Switch. I'm pretty sure it can, because freaking CD Pro- Project Red fit... Uh, Witcher 3 on Nintendo Switch if they could do that anybody can do anybody can fit anything on Switch Um, but I want to see Kingdom Hearts 1 and I want to see Kingdom Hearts 2 hit the Nintendo Switch those are the big ones uh, because Kingdom Hearts and Nintendo Switch that just it makes the most sense because you have you know Nintendo's biggest selling console and then Disney and Square Enix and Square Enix has been hardcore supporting uh, supporting the Nintendo Switch and all we need to do is just have G- Disney jump on and all of a sudden we have three powerhouses like three massive pillars uh, all shoved in, shoved onto the same system and I think that would just be so cool the next hope that I want to see I want to see Twilight Princess uh, HD from the Wii U get ported to Switch that's kind of the big one because, you know, Twilight Princess definitely is not my favorite Zelda, but it is a, a pretty big Zelda game, and I feel like, you know, if we go from Breath of the Wild to Ocarina of Time, it might be a little bit of a jank for a lot of people, because, uh, you know, people that are just getting into Zelda, and just picked up Breath of the Wild, and that's the only Zelda game they have ever played, and they say Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, and they're like, oh, everybody talks about this, and they play it, and it's not an open world experience like Breath of the Wild, and they're like, wait a minute, this isn't what I like. I think if we start with Twilight Princess and kind of ease in, because Twilight Princess is a lot bigger than Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, and almost every other Zelda game, really. And just kind of start off with a, with a larger game, and then move move to the the better main ones, if you know what I mean. Uh, Twilight Princess is definitely a good Zelda game because it was so big. There's so much to it, and Hyrule itself is so massive. And I remember. Uh, just playing that game and roaming through Hyrule, and all of a sudden these monsters come flying out of nowhere, coming at you as, as fast as they can. And I thought that was really cool, uh, really cool game design. Uh, but other than Twilight Princess, as I mentioned earlier, Ocarina of Time, and Majora's Mask, I would, I would love to see these two games hit the Switch again. For people that have never played another Zelda game other than Breath of the Wild, it would be smarter to start with Twilight Princess or even Wind Waker, really. But I want to see Ocarina Time and Majora's Mask, definitely. My next hope is more Star Wars on Switch. We already, know, we already know that we're getting Jedi Academy, which, huzzah. I mean, I'm super excited for that. We already have Jedi Outcast, and I have that, and <laughs> it's great. Uh, Jedi Academy is a lot more lightsaber-focused, and that one's actually going to come in multiplayer, and I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, next hope is more D and D games on Switch. This might be really weird for some people because we have Baldur- Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 enhanced, we have uh, what is it, Planescape Torment, and uh, Icewind Dale, both enhanced, and we have Neverwinter Nights. Uh, All are great, they really are, but I want to see uh, these new D and D games that are that are in the works. I want to see those hit the Switch because I think that would be really cool. Not to mention sales would be fantastic let's be honest here but now let's talk about what is happening that i'm excited for trials of mana of course you know jrpg and trials of mana had never even touched the west coast uh, legally <laughs> until um the collection of mana was released last year and it had a uh, final fantasy adventure secret of mana and uh, trials of mana all of which are, I mean, the, those are the Mana games, and they were a spin-off series of Final Fantasy. They were kind of more the action version of Final Fantasy. Um, but Trials of Mana, for me, was always the most interesting of the three. And it was sort of like the... It was kind of like the uh, the unicorn, more or less, of the Mono series, because we can see it, and we knew it was there, but we couldn't actually have it. <laughs> uh, so I guess it's not really a unicorn. Uh, I don't know what you want to compare it to, but we we knew that we knew Saiken did Setsu Three, which is Trials of Mana, is what it's known for, in, uh, known as in Japan. We knew it was there. We knew it was accessible, and there were fan-made translations, but we just couldn't get an actual copy of it in the U.S. that was translated until now. And they in Trials of Mana, the one that's coming out in March next year is totally revamped, full 3D it looks wonderful and yeah i'm really looking forward to that number two again this is the one that was kind of like a and it's probably gonna happen (laughs) but is zelda breath of the wild 2 i'm pretty dang sure that that will come out next year i'm pretty sure we won't see anything else on it until e3 but e3 is gonna be like yeah coming out this november yay and then we'll have breath of the wild 2 and that'll be great and the next is Xenoblade Chronicles 2 Definitive Edition. This took me a, this took me a minute because again, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is my favorite. Xenoblade Chronicles 1 I liked. I did not particularly love. And I I, I don't know. I, I always had so much confusion with the battle system. I never really adored the battle system. That's not to say it was bad. I, it just it took a lot for me to understand. And especially if I wasn't, when I was moving from Shulk to somebody else it was, it was almost like playing a completely different game. And it took me forever to, uh, to figure out everybody else and all, all their abilities, and so Xenoblade Chronicles doesn't have as strong of a, um, foundation with me, I guess you can put, which is strange because I was a part of a, the, um, Project Rainfall. And I was one of the people that signed the petition, and made the phone calls and sent the emails and you know Nintendo told me to shut up. You know, I was one of those people that was you know, involved in Project Rainfall. And you know, when we saw Xenoblade Chronicles we were like, "Whoa, okay, it actually happened. That's great." But it definitely I don't know. I am looking forward to it now and I'm finally kind of hit the hit the position where I'm like, "You know, I think it will be pretty cool. I think it will be a good time to get back into uh, so yeah looking forward to that that will be pretty cool and the last one which is a little weird is Maneater <laughs> I remember seeing that trailer d3 and I was like this is weird <laughs> this is really weird but my wife who adores sharks uh don't ask me why I showed her that trailer and she's like "Ooh, that'll be the game of the year next year <laughs> it's like no I don't think it will but it'll definitely be, it'll definitely be something, and I actually am kind of excited for it, just because I want to, I want to give it to my wife, and see the absolute insanity that ensues, so, um, that's all that we're going to talk about on this episode, I know that was kind of a lot, and there was a, there was was a lot that I wanted to talk about here, um, maybe I should just kind of break it up a little bit and just talk about little things at a time, but anyway, thanks for listening in, really appreciate you out there, um, and thank you again to Glitch City for the music, and uh, I'm gonna start doing this every time I do a podcast, is instead of a bunch of annoying sounds and, um, little weird janky things in the background, just kind of have some, uh, something ambient playing in the background, cause, uh... I think it can get a little boring to just hear voice and have nothing behind it, you know? So this is the way I'm going to start doing it uh, every time I do a podcast. And again, I can't guarantee it'll be weekly, but I'll do it as much as I can. And I hope you enjoy And I hope you have a great day. And I hope you have a wonderful holiday this year. Uh, Take care.